Let me tell you about a story about a kid named Carson 90 was the year that all of this started Came out the fucking womb feeling oh so fresh Raised with good family, I'm oh so blessed See there's ups and there's downs, but I cut through the stress I really only care about acquiring checks That's why I only see the opportunity next This world is like a pussy and it's offering sex I'ma fuck it real good, never shoot it a text I'm taking what I want and then I leave it a mess I'm dropping all these bombs like my last name is Flex They say the game is rigged, I tell them give it a rest Bank full of liquidity with my trunk in the front Gated community, paying dues every month Accomplishing shit is the best way to stunt Please forgive my language but my ex is a cunt The only thing that's certain is uncertainty I'm the CEO, you ever heard of me? I wouldn't ever snitch, man, it's perjury If you distance, then I'll leave, you need surgery Pretty boy, pretty sure that he winning Taking measures to do everything you didn't That's why I keep attention from these women Man, Dylan is the homie, that's a given Core win out Yo, yo I think that was a pretty cool way to start the podcast That was one of my records Called Think Bout It was with a buddy of mine, Dylan Gore Starting off real hot and smooth, baby Episode 10 I think that's as good of a verse Rap verse as you'll ever hear from anyone In the rap game Go replay that shit, man That shit slaps That's a good ass verse I don't know, you know The pros, they ain't doing it much better than that The problem is though My tone (laughs) No matter how good the song is You still hear white boy coming through And it's just not as dope then It's still white boy (laughs) Music really captures who you are You can make a dope one-off track But the moving average really relates back to who you are and the headspace that you're in, you know? It's the tone. There's a lot of elements to dope music. There's pr- the production, the beat. That's very important. There's your flow and your rhythmic delivery. How are you hopping around on the track? There's your timing. Are you in time with the rhythm of the, pr- the beat? There are the lyrics, there's the pitch, and then there's the tone of your voice. What does it like sound like? And no matter how dope one of my tracks are, you'll either consciously or subconsciously, you'll think, gated community bad boy. That's really as far as I can push it. That's all you're getting out of Corey Wynn. <laughs> also, Corey Wynn, that is a shitty rap name. Why did I choose Corey Wynn like five years ago? What is a, what does that even mean, dude? It sounds like a super genius Asian from MIT. Well, through my machine learning algorithm, I was able to predict the 2020 elections. That's what Corey Wynn sounds like. I guess it's my initials and that's why I liked it. And Wynn is kind of a positive spin. Corey Wynn, well, I was able to generate a statistically significant average for the number of times Donald Trump takes a shit every week. But with that data, we'll be able to predict election through 2050. 
But I need to change my rap name again, man. <laughs> Something like Young Hot Sauce. There's a new rapper coming out, a white kid. Young Gravy. All right, bro. That's cool. Young Gravy. I think I'm going to be Young Hot Sauce. But damn, man, hope you guys like that track. That was a little record by myself and Dylan Gore, like I said. Pretty smooth record. Made that a couple years ago in Naples, Florida at my studio in my house. Those were the glory days, man. Looking back, that was, like I said, oof, you know, three years ago now. The young music community in Naples, Florida, we had a little collective at that time, man. What an era. What a unique little bubble that we were in. So many talented kids. And because I had a studio and was down to chill with them and host them for free, they all congregated at my studio from time to time. We had myself. We had Dominic Fike, who is now literally certified gold. He's got his hit single Three Nights all over the, the radio globally. He's on tour. He got signed to a major record label. He was the chosen one out of the group, you could say. But then you also have Matt Black. You have Ben Chandler. You have Nate Traveler. Go, go Google these guys. You have Brendan Bennett. You have Dylan Gore. Like Each one of these kids was so surprisingly talented for some sleepy beach town in the southwest corner of Florida. And it's freaking awesome. Really, looking back, man, that was such a great thing to be a part of. And I have unreleased tracks of theirs on my computer. It's pretty dope. But um, yeah, episode 10, coming live from Hell's Kitchen Worldwide, West 48th Street, Times Square. I mean, more or less like Times Square, dude. I'm five blocks away from Times Square. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. You are all really, really good people. I really appreciate you being a part of this podcast, being a part of my life. Stop being so goddamn hard on yourself out there, you know? I think today's podcast will be good. Maybe we'll get close to 45 minutes. I think we might have a little extra content stuffed into this baby. Stuff it in, you know? Stuff it in. Uh, but, um... You know, I'll walk you through some funny shit that's popped up in my life the last couple weeks. Uh, and then we can walk through some more serious topics, some real life topics that have popped into my head on the back half of this podcast as well. I think that's the format for the What a Relief podcast. It seems to be a recurring theme. Am I right? Am I right? If you don't like it, move on. You dig? So much content on the interwebs. But uh, while we're on the topic of music, I want to review one more song that I've made. I want to play you the final mixed mastered version. And then I want to play you the unmixed raw version with the raw vocals. It's a song where I'm actually singing. So I think it's very interesting to hear what the final product is. Once I bless the track with my mixing skills and then what the raw performance was behind it all and you're gonna be like holy shit you can do a lot with modern studio software my mans all right so let me pull it up here and we're gonna play it and i really like this song it's cool it's a little different for me um here is the final mixed and mastered version and then we'll get to the sh the raw space girl, this shit is too tight i don't like to try just let them go that's a
smooth hey i like that sort of new for me you know getting tired of making the same old tracks trying to experiment with different types of delivery you know i have like four different types of delivery i have what you heard on the intro of this podcast which is just straight rapping let me tell you about a story about a kid named carson i got this singing stuff yeah yeah i don't like to try i just let him go <laughs> you know um then i have like the future young thug style yeah yeah oh sebendeline what a yeah yeah slathered in autotune and then i have like the the low sexy more laid back vibe like the yeah it's core winner yeah I went around in the bands, yeah. You don't know giving a head, yeah. Mm -hmm. My money long, but my dick longer, yeah. I hit your vision, diamond, yeah. So those are the four styles I have, and I need to bring them all four into one track. I think that's cool. But um, yeah, I guess this song is, you know, thinking about how sort of I'm always the one to separate relationships and it's kind of draining and annoying sometimes something to think about um but here is the this that whole that that chorus that you just heard but unmixed and un unmastered and yeah you'll see what we can do i don't like to try to let them go that's a fault of mine, I already know Bye-bye, girl, bye, girl, I'm sorry I don't like to try, I just let them go That's a fault of mine, I already know Bye-bye, girl, bye, girl, bye, girl So sorry I'm sorry Yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> that was the performance that was behind what you heard earlier. And, um, you know, there's about a dozen vocal effects that are placed on that to make it sound like it did uh, within Logic, which is the recording software that I use. You know, we have something, we have an EQ, an equalizer, which is used to uh, make it sound crispier, reduce the muddiness. We have a compressor, which flattens the, the dynamics of the signal and makes the, the low sounds louder, makes the high sounds less loud. It tightens up the vocal, makes it fatter, makes it bigger. Um, you have something that reduces the harshness of the S's in, in the vocal performance. You have a, another thing that <laughs> brightens the vocals, makes it more sound more excited 
Um, and obviously you have auto tune there, which is pitch correction, which is dragging the pitch of each note that I sing to the perfect pitch of the scale that I'm singing in. Um, and then you have a whole bunch of reverb and echo to fatten it up, make it sound huge. And then there's a couple other effects there, like a doubling effect where we're taking a copy of that vocal take and we're tweaking, minutely tweaking the pitch, semi a couple semitones up and a couple semitones down. We're blending that in with the lead vocal and it, it makes it sound like there's almost multiple voices performing at the same time. It smooths it out, it widens it up. And um, it's pretty amazing what you can do. So just, just realize that all that shit is going into every single professional performance you hear uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, and the radio, my mans. You know, Post Malone don't sound like Post Malone in the vocal booth, okay? He sounds like Post Malone after about three hours of mixing in the studio. <laughs> but that's so good, man. You know what? Who cares? We wouldn't have Post Malone and Drake without these modern, without these modern effects, you take them back to the 80s, they would get lost in the wash. To other more naturally talented artists or artists that can actually hit the pitch more naturally. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm just pointing it out. It's pretty awesome. But uh, Kanye West, he just released a new amazing album. Holy shit. As of yesterday, Jesus is King. That's the new album. I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty refreshing. It's inspiring. It's genuine. It's wholesome. It's grounded. It's non-explicit. There's not a single curse word on the album. He's a born-again Christian within the last year, year and a half. I watched the interview he did with Zane Lowe before I listened to the album, and I think that was really good. I really actually understand the album now. I'm sure there's some people that were a little blindsided by it. Like, what the frick is this gospel music? He's making gospel music dope. And only Kanye West could do that. You know? He was addicted to sex, addicted to pornography, addicted to his ego, the clothes, everything. Now he's sort of a, a more grounded family man that sees life from a, a broader perspective. And it's fucking refreshing. Because I've been a little flat on just rap music lately, you know? I, I guess maybe because I've listened to it for 15 years, you know? It's like, all right, I get it. It's a little repetitive at this point. And there's also a lot of artists these days that are, feels like they're trying really hard to be cool, you know? They're almost like, how weird can I get? How far can I push the boundary of sounding like I'm a creative genius? How far can I push the boundary of trying to be cutting edge and creative? But then a lot of it just really sounds like they're missing the mark. It just sounds stupid. So it's nice to hear something that's just fucking different, you know? And he pulls it off so well. There's so much to it. He makes Drake seem safe. He makes Drake seem boring. Drake has progressed over the last 10 years, that's for sure. But, you know, in safe, small, gradual increments. And I guess that's fine. You know, he's had the best career like ever out of anybody ever. But it's like Kanye, though, he creates fucking art with each album. They're each each album is distinctly unique. 
Drake's shit is a little washed together. But, um, yeah, guys, go check that out. You know what it is. Coming from Corey Wynn, got to give my two cents on the rap game. But there's more important topics at hand here, like shitting at work. Like, isn't shitting at work the fucking worst, man? Fuck, your coworkers come into the bathroom when you're on the throne and they see your shoes. And you know that they know who you are. They know that you're shitting. That's embarrassing. And then you're either a little bitch and you hold your shit in. While the other person is in the bathroom for the entire time. Or you just let it rip, you know? And then there's smells and splooshes and farts. <laughs> this is something I never knew would be a problem in my adult life. It's not really a problem. But it's fucking annoying. At around 9.15 every morning. <laughs> you know? I think, you know, at this point, I'm 28, about to be 29, which is essentially 30, which is essentially 40. You know, I'm that 28-year-old, 40-year-old. I just let it rip, baby. You know? You don't shit, bro. You don't sh You're telling me you don't shit when you're at home, on the throne. You don't make noises? Come on. You got to be kidding me, man. You just, you know, whatever part of life baby last podcast we talked about how i saw kendall jenner i think that was last podcast i saw another celebrity though unexpectedly on this uh in manhattan who is a fraction as famous as miss jenner but i was infinitely more excited to see him his name's andrew schultz he's a new york city comedian He's coming up very strong on the scene. And I was walking home the other night at like 10, like 11 p.m., 11 p.m., uh, walking from my subway stop, which is a couple blocks east of Times Square, to my apartment, which is like four or five blocks west of Times Square. And I'm just sipping. I, I stop at Chick-fil-A on the way back. I pick up myself a cookies and cream milkshake with the whipped cream on top. Because I'm that 28-year-old, 14-year-old. <laughs> and I saw Andrew Schultz on the side of the street a couple blocks outside of Times Square. I'm just minding my own business, sipping my milkshake, slurping down me some cookies and cream. And I look to my left and holy shit, it's Andrew Schultz. Like sort of on this side street where there's no other people. And it's Andrew Schultz and his girlfriend. It was like this very intimate personal moment that I caught of him. And he was dancing around in front of her. They were laughing and smiling. He was like joking to her. It was like adorable. <laughs> and she was giggling away. And you could tell she was falling more and more in love with him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I see this. And I'm like, this, this guy, I look up to this guy right now. Of all the entertainers and celebrities that are out there, I like him the fucking most i i go out of my way to research to to view his content i listened that day when i ran into him on the side of the street i listened to a whole two-hour podcast by him like literally three hours before i'm going to see him november 22nd in person he's a fucking killer but he's also super intelligent i love his whole story i love his jokes 
so yeah i'm like fucking star starstruck how like the one dude i like look up to all of a sudden he's with his like he's like i'm seeing him in person in times square it was totally unexpected uh after about after staring at them for about 20 seconds i didn't go up to them that would have been rude they were like having a personal moment but i was like i gotta look at him at least for a few seconds he sees me and he comes over and he daps me up and he hugs me and um I, yeah, I was like, dude, I just watched our whole podcast today. I'm going to see you live November 22nd. He's like, my man, my man. And that was it. That was that was an adrenaline rush, though. It's pretty awesome. Check him out. Andrew Schultz. Warning, though, he's not for the faint of heart. If you are very are you a, if you're a very easy, easily triggered leftist, maybe avoid his shit. But if you can laugh at things and laugh about the world today. Go check them out. Okay? If you can actually laugh about shit, or if you're easily offended, don't watch your shit. If you're a snowflake, keep it moving. Another funny thing that happened to me on the street the other day. I'm walking home, back from work with a buddy. This is downtown Manhattan. It's crowded because, you know, it's probably like 6.30. There's a lot of people on the streets at that hour. And we're talking about, you know women dating a lady friend that he's seeing some of the actions that she's taking some of the behaviors that she's exhibiting and i'm like you know what man you know that's not great you know what she's doing or whatever's going on it's really not great my man but i wouldn't look too much into it yet you know it's a red flag but for sure but don't don't beat yourself up about it yet man you know you got to give these you know you got to really try to believe in these women you got to try to Try to see the best in them. You know, innocent until proven guilty. And then I waited a couple seconds and I was like, you know, normal until proven crazy. <laughs> normal until proven crazy. Am I right? That's every relationship. <laughs> That's every fucking relationship. Um, and there's people around and we're talking unfiltered in our outdoor voices and there's a, a cute little girl in front of us who were i sort of say this when we're standing still at a crosswalk and the cute little girl in front of us she like turns around when she hears me say normal until proven crazy which is fucking hilarious <laughs> just like saying this to the group of people that we're walking amongst and she turns around and, um, you know, she's got like a smirking expression on her face. Like she's smiling, but she's also like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she, she says, you know what? You're right. And then she dips into the subway. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. Um... But yeah, guys, I watched this show on Netflix the other night. It's called Explained. They're little like 25-minute segments on different topics in the world. They got the water shortage. They got computer coding. They got marijuana. They got women's orgasms. They got any, a lot of issues that are very interesting. They do little 25-minute deep dives into 
into these topics and i watched a couple the other day of course you know what was what, what's one that i clicked on women's orgasms baby of course i checked that one out i'm only human okay it's a topic like i said it can't be living in no pussy desert okay I'm a 28-year-old attractive male that likes females. Can't be living in no pussy desert. But no, that caught my eye. Can you believe sex toys didn't exist before the 1970s? This is like a modern American invention. Women just didn't have sex toys before the 1970s. No dildos before 1970? That's, that's wild, my mans. You know? Best time in human history to be alive for that sole fact. You got tools to help you get off, okay? It first started with flint and stone or whatever the fuck, caveman tools, and now we've evolved to clitoral suction cups, you know? Really love modern America. But 15% of chicks have never had an orgasm. That's what I learned. That's one of the things I learned from this beautiful, beautiful information segment. Netflix explained documentary. Netflix, just a, a set of computer code that distributes, distributes compressed digital video over the internet. That's what Netflix is. But imagine dying without ever having an orgasm. That's just sad, bro. It's like, did you even really live then? Imagine if you're one of those 15% of chicks that never had an orgasm. And then one day you're walking through Manhattan and you're looking at your phone texting and you think everybody's crossing the crosswalk and you start walking across the crosswalk and you get hit by an MTA bus. But you ain't never had an orgasm. What an unfulfilled life. Also, there's a fucking 50% chance that's how I die. What I just mentioned, that whole scenario. You know how many times I walk out into the fucking road when I shouldn't be in the fucking road? It scares me. Fuck. But I mean, dude, how are you not going to have a toe-curling euphoric climax ever in your life? A, for me, a day without an orgasm is a day wasted. <laughs> if I'm not releasing at least once a day, whether from bodily contact from a stranger... Or from personal contact, it's like, what did you even do? You know? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just kidding. But it's something to think about. Ain't I right, baby? Ain't I right? A day without an orgasm is a day wasted, baby. We out here trying to maximize our day. That's part of it. Also, I watched the one on marijuana. Marijuana, statistically noted, characterized, documented, big data, measurements, three times stronger than it was in the 1990s. This shit getting stronger by the day. And this is fact. It's a true fact. Okay? In the 1990s, the average TAC content was around 4%. Now, average THC content is around 15, 16%. That's three, four times stronger in the, the span of about 30 years. No wonder why you get paranoid when you smoke that shit, you know? You ain't supposed to have 25% THC content. 
you know? And they mentioned in this, in this episode how that's really all that's offered. You can't even buy the regular shit anymore. Everything is just grown to be as potent as possible. They've crossbred the different strains of marijuana. They've optimized the, you know, lighting exposure, the environment that they're in. They also learned that if you separate the male marijuana plant from the female marijuana plant, the female marijuana plant, which grows the flowers that you actually smoke, will never like get pollinated and it'll just keep producing THC. And that's the main reason why uh, weed's so strong these days is through the separation of the male and female marijuana plants. The female plant just keeps producing this THC, the crystallized THC on the, on the flower to attract whatever the fuck the men give off. And you just get this sticky, icky, purple, derple, pineapple, express, OG Kush shit, my player. You know? That's, that's what you end up with. That good, good. That fern, that tree, that bush, that devil's lettuce. Uh-huh. The Mary Jane. Take the pain away. Smoke it all day. That's my next record, guys. But, um, you know, I used to smoke that shit. I used to smoke the Mary Jane in college. Junior year, there was a stretch a couple times, a couple few times a week, you know, with the friends, with the buddies, spark up a joint. And uh, that was my preferred method of intake, joint. And I guess it bled a little bit into senior year, but eventually you're just like, fuck. I'm really going to outer space when I do this shit. Random thoughts are coming into my brain that I don't need in my brain. It gets dark from times. Also, I got to find a job. I got to figure out what I'm doing with my life. Uh, no, thank you. So that wound down. You know, this shit's, nobody wants to, this shit's too strong. Nobody wants to puff the marijuana and then get paranoid about what you said in the last email you sent to your boss. That's how strong this weed is today. Email paranoia levels. You're like, whoa, dude. I think I may have been too impatient with my boss today, dude. I'm a little worried. You know, I didn't say thanks exclamation point at the end of my email. Fuck. God, I gotta really work on that, dude. Fucking hater, though. But like, dude, I gotta be a better person. And then that leads to, God damn, I, you know, I don't really like what I'm doing, dude. It's like mad stressful. Like, dude, like I need to do something. Like, why am I doing this, dude? God, what? And then that leads to like, what even is work, dude? Like, why are we even working? Why do we have to do this? Like, what is going on with this system that we live in? So repetitive and so demanding and arbitrary. <laughs> You ever gone down that spiral of thoughts when you're high as a motherfucking kite? You know? Jesus, you know, this all stems from a few puffs of the, the devil's lettuce and a brief email sent at 5.45 p.m. on a Friday. That's how strong the weed is these days. You gotta be, you gotta pace that shit out. I think what they sell straight up CBD weed where there's no psychoactive THC, only the the anti-anxiety, relaxing 
whatever ingredients of marijuana, CBD. They sell it where it's, you know, only CBD, no THC. And maybe you want to mix, you know, a 90-10 joint, a 90-10 pinner. 90% CBD, 10% THC gets you back to the 1970 levels of potency. Potency. But goddamn, man, you know, those are some things that have popped up in my life. Let's take a second. Let's see if I can articulate this clearly. But to think about some more serious topics in life. You know, more emotional issues. I'm a little more chilled out now. The new Carson is a little more open-minded. A little more relaxed. A little more open. And not because I'm smoking weed. I'm not smoking weed. Okay? It's just maturing, experiencing life experiences, which is a poor sentence because experience shouldn't be in that sentence twice. But you get my point. Growing older, dude. I'm starting to learn about the flow of life, dude. This shit is organic. It's alive. It's carrying you much more than you think you just gotta let go sometimes okay have some confidence in this whole process have some confidence that tomorrow will be okay and you will be able to live you'll be able to better live in the moment when you accept that everything's gonna be okay just relax you know i choose to be happy Choose to fucking let go of your anxiety. Sometimes it's a conscious, deliberate decision. That's what I've learned. You can choose not to fucking worry about this shit. Stop, Carson. No. Why are you thinking like that? Let it go. Slow everything down. Get out of your head. What's so fucking bad about your life? You know? Stop judging yourself so much, guys. Don't beat yourself up. I mean, you certainly have to try. You have to make concerted efforts to to still, you know, um, do good and, and remain positive and be productive. But so much of everything is out of your control. You really just got to stop worrying about it. Your happiness is in your head. And I get it. I get it. I get how it's tough. Because life, you know, it's a battle against rejection. Rejection is everywhere, man. Your business failed. Your project at work failed. Your ideas at work got shut down. You didn't get the grades you wanted. A girl you like isn't reciprocating the same feelings. Someone makes fun of your outfit. Someone dismisses you abruptly. You don't get the job you want. Whatever it may be, you need to have the inner peace to handle it all. You gotta be okay with taking the ride. You gotta go with the flow, baby. You got to go with the flow. If you try to grab on to all that shit that I just mentioned, if you try to resist it, it'll kill you. It'll churn up your insides, my mans. 
Okay? We're all trying to find ourselves. We're all trying to pinpoint what the best approach is to deal with our life. I'll tell you another thing I learned. Goddamn, friends, you know, friends are important. Socializing is more important than you think. I'm significantly less fiscally well off than I was a couple years ago, but I am significantly more happy. Because it's a fucking mental state and it's the environment you've created for yourself. You gotta socialize, you gotta vocalize, you gotta empathize. You got to vent. You got to create shared memories. This is the shit that means something. We're all so fucking emotional. And you got to be aware of it. You know, once you hit a certain standard of living, I guess you could say, it's almost like take your foot off the money gas pedal for a little bit. You know, it, it uh, uh, f- there's no difference between these $50 Um, Levi's jeans and a $1,300 pair of Celine jeans or some fucking $200 watch that I buy on Instagram versus a $9,000 Cartier watch. It doesn't make you any fucking happier. Nothing has changed with your actual mental state and your happiness. If you can't enjoy the fucking vibes in your life, the people in your life, What's the point? It's not, you know? And that's why I live, love living in New York City the other night on Thursday. Just like had a, had a very successful evening out with a lady. Beautiful rooftop bar looking at the Manhattan skyline. I'm, I walk over afterwards to meet up with my friends at a, bar, a new bar that's opening Good vibes all around, dude. Like, that shit's healthy. I have a really good solar job opportunity at a company that's 45 minutes north of Boston in a small town called Lowell. Old me, old Carson might have jumped on this. Be like, that's what I got to do. I got to take the money. That's really all that matters, right? No, that's not all that matters. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to live there. I appreciate the friends, the network, the environment that I've created for myself here. The communal sacrifice of living in the in bumfuck Massachusetts isn't worth it. You know? Also, side note, there's got to be a high-paying job I can find in New York City as well. There's no need to run to the sticks in mass. But you get my point, babies, you know? So I think we're at the 40-minute mark. I feel like there's some good content in there, some funny shit. Episode 10 of the What a Relief podcast. I saw The Joker as well. Thought that movie was really really good. Maybe a little overhyped in the media. It's about the backstory of The Joker, and it's dark and twisted, and um, you really feel for The Joker. You understand why... He ultimately does what he does and turns into the Joker because the world is cruel to him. You know, talk about rejection. Holy shit. That's all he experiences. It's sad. It's a sad movie. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening. 
It's the gated community bad boy, Carson Andrew. Um, please subscribe. I love y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch y'all later. Y'all great people. I mean that. And um, that got easy, man. Adios. <laughs>